The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Roger, just wondering, uh, you've talked to some of the women involved uh, in the civil suits. Uh, will you talk to more of them, and will you also bring Deshaun to New York uh, for an interview? Uh, that's up to the investigators, Mary Kay. That's, um, that's something that um, they will make the determination of when to do that and who to do that with. They are the ones that have met with um, some of the um, the people that have information that uh, we want to know, we will seek to speak to everybody who can give us a perspective and try to get to the bottom line and, and the facts. That's the commissioner, Roger Goodell, previously discussing the Deshaun Watson case. He's back in the news because the NFL will reportedly be sitting down and talking to him Finally, months, more than a year after he was sued and sued and sued again 22 times over. Criminal investigation, no indictments, but still 22 lawsuits pending. Questions regarding his availability for 2022. At some point, the NFL needs to make a decision for the benefit of the Browns, for Watson, and for the paying customers who have to decide, are we going to buy tickets to these games this year? I raised yeah. that point the other day. People got mad at me. I said, hey, the NFL needs to do something about this. You know, the Browns are trying to get people to buy tickets. It would be nice to know if Deshaun Watson is or isn't going to be available. Yeah. Definitely and Browns fans got me. mad at me. It's like, why, why, are you, why are you people getting mad at me? I'm trying to help you. Before you, at a time when everyone's discretionary income is shrinking because the price of everything is going up. And the Browns want people to buy tickets. Here's the tweet from the weekend. It would be nice if the customers knew whether the starting quarterback will be playing in Man. any, all, or some of the games. The NFL owes it to the Browns and their fans to make a decision on Watson. A-S-A-F-P. I'll add the F here. I didn't add the F there. A-S-A-F-P. I missed this tweet during the weekend, but you're saying you got a like, bad reaction from the Browns fans off of that? Yeah, people that? were mad. Somebody said, why are you going to war with the Browns? I'm not going to war with the Browns. I'm trying to help yelling, their fans. Yelling at the NFL. I'm trying to help their fans. Yeah. It's the NFL. At some point, you got you to make a decision. You can't just let this linger. What more do you need? What more do you have to do? What more don't you know that you... Haven't been able to learn yeah, that's over the where course of the last 15 months. That's where See, it's See, what's weird. happened is, right. Chris, and first of all, good morning to everyone yeah. on this fine Tuesday. It is May 17. I had to check just to make sure. It's Tuesday. I know that. Sometimes I don't. It's PFT Live. Peacock, Sirius XM 85, Sky Sports, whichever of the platforms there, I never know. Podcast, I know that, wherever you get your podcast, there we are. And the folks who listen exclusively on the podcast get very happy when I say hello to you, it reminds me of when I was a kid. Here comes the music, but I welcome it. I just had a flashback to when I was a kid, and there was a show called... I'm waiting for the piano music. There was a show called Romper Room. 
Right. And at the Heard end of, of Romper Room, right. the lady in charge of Romper Room looked through something. She had a mirror or magnifying right. glass, and she would say hello to certain kids. To various kids' yeah. names. Right. And man, when she said hello to Michael, day was made baby because <laughs> she was speaking that's right directly to me I know. so not, yeah michael's not that everyone common, so it must have been listening <laughs> on the pod exactly it was me i was the only michael hey dude i was the only michael in the world as far as <laughs> Until i know michael jordan came along and then, and then that ruined everything for you <laughs> but and jackson definitely but <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, oh boy this could take a turn with just one little phrase this could take a turn and i'm not going there what i wanted to say is to each of you out there listening on the podcast michael billy john marcia jan peter cindy bobby hello to all of you and i'm speaking only to you because you are the only ones with those names in the entire world all right so uh <laughs> God, I've I've, I've heard sorry. of that show. I don't know if I've ever really seen it. I, I I know of Romper Room, but I can't like I have no visual that comes to my brain. So I don't remember seeing it as a little kid. It was obviously off air by the time I was a little kid, right? I mean, and I don't remember reruns being available either. So that must have been one of your early early shows you watched. It was like pre Sesame Street. Yeah, it was okay. like little gotcha. kid nineteen sixty eight TV. Right, and I kind of think it may have been black and white, or 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 all we had at the time was a black and white TV. Yeah, right, right. You don't know. I which need one to get a which. keyboard. <laughs> I need to get a keyboard up here with all the different sounds, like Ross on Friends, and I need to I need to get that that old-time piano sound i need to learn how to play it so i can just play it myself <laughs> so they don't have to play it so i yeah. just know when good to good. set the right mood i'd like to but i that. think it was in black and white or like i said the only tv we had in the house at oh the time there's a picture there we go black and white oh well that was that looks like see that looks like early 70s when you look at the attire yeah definitely. and you see the lady who's in charge she's getting very nervous about ernie and bert and oscar and big bird yeah. they're really cutting they're breathing into her down ratings. her neck there right and yeah, her compensation is tied <laughs> to the ratings points she knows yeah. she's gonna have to go get a different job at some point she knows that romper room cannot compete that the kids around the country are figuring out her grift that when she's talking into that magic mirror that that billy ain't the only billy out there that yeah. she's got a lot of billy she's uh, talking to yeah, and she's billy's, cheating on, billy's cheating on people billy's That's not cool billy's getting wise to that he's not her only billy <laughs> so he goes to so, a big <laughs> yellow bird at another station <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right mr rogers never tried that see mr rogers was authentic with the audience he never tried to make you think that you were the only one. He was always open to, to all all the kids who wanted to come yeah. and be my neighbor. All right. Uh, I have absolutely no idea where that came from. But I'm not going to fight it because we got to fill two hours. And it's May 17th. So sometimes yeah, it takes right. a little, it's good talk. A little, a little life stretch. Talk. All right. A little, a little stretch. A little, a little nostalgia for folks of a certain age who remember Romper Room. Okay. Let's get back to it. Let's forget the last five minutes, other than the fact that it may have brought you some mild entertainment value on a Tuesday morning. Back to Deshaun Watson. Am I still weird to think that it's, I, I, you know, again, I didn't sit here last night. and You know, we had our NBC up fronts last night. Uh, I didn't, like, research, like, um, let me see other cases that, you know, are even somewhat similar to this and try to look back and when did the NFL eventually talk to these players. To me, I, again, Mike, I don't remember exactly here, but you, me, we've been following this a long time. It just, it does seem longer than ever. I don't know, and and it just seems like they're dragging their feet longer than ever, and it's not fair to a lot of people, including Deshaun Watson. Uh, so I, I don't. Am I off base with that, or is that just totally out of left field there? You're right, and the NFL will say that its usual approach in situations like this is to speak to the accused last mm. after gathering the information from everyone else i i don't necessarily agree with that approach because they have access to the accused as many times as they want there's no rule that you only get one shot with deshaun watson 
You can have a preliminary meeting with Deshaun Watson. You can get some information from him. You can go back to some of the alleged victims, and you can flesh it out a little bit more. Right. You can test their story with some of the information Deshaun Watson's given you, and then based upon those conversations with the alleged victims, you can go back Back to to Deshaun Watson again. Right. This idea that you only get one bite at the apple, there's nothing in the personal conduct policy that supports that, but that's been the practice. And and so what what it implies, and we don't know whether or not they've met with all 22. It's entirely possible they've talked or tried to talk to all 22. It was May of 2021 when Tony Busby, who represents all 22 of the individuals, complained about how they were being treated. They weren't getting the proper respect from the investigators from the league. And I, I remember thinking, well, that's what happens when people start asking you questions to try to understand. Yeah. The basis of your claims. Yeah, these are you may not like claims. the questions yeah. because you may be thinking you don't believe me. There's a difference between not believing and trying to find out whether or not the claim is believable. Right. We have to ask questions. We have to check boxes. We have to get to the bottom of this. We can't just say, okay, well, fine. We believe everything you say. Deshaun Watson is expelled from the league forever. You have to to find out whether or not people are telling the truth. And I remember thinking, if they got a problem with being questioned by the league, just wait until they, they're under oath somewhere, cross-examined. Just wait. If they don't, if they don't like the questions they get in, in a meeting with the NFL, they're going to hate when Deshaun Watson's lawyer, Rusty Harden, starts yeah. going after them right. aggressively right. in a deposition. Right. Because that's his job. That's how yeah. it works. It's an adversarial process. You fight and you fight and you fight, and the idea is that the truth is going to pop out of the the fighting of the two sides, right, well, so you think like these these some of these accusers they go in thinking it's going to be a little bit more friendly, and they don't realize that the NFL, like you're saying, still is trying to get answers, well, even though they have no side or you know no 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 one they're picking here, but they're still going to be a little you know I don't know curt. What is that the phrase to use? Rude. It's just it's pointed. It's the not pointed. rude. That's right. It's, pointed. It's and and you know what? It's just Busby's a business approach. For, it's Busby's fault for not preparing them. Yeah. I hadn't thought of that in May of 2021. It just occurred to me now. Busby needs to sit down with these folks and say, here's how this is going to go. Because he can't be naive enough to think that the NFL is just going to say, come on in and we're going to believe everything yeah, you whatever tell us, you no matter say. what business right. problems it may create for us, no matter what kind of position yeah, it puts exactly. us in as it relates to the rights of Deshaun Watson. We're going to throw the book at him sight unseen based upon what you tell us. It's going to be a very straightforward the old, Cue the piano music. The Dragnet Show, Just the Facts, ma'am. Joe Friday, very flat, very straightforward, very even-handed and objective. That's what the NFL needs to do. And the NFL's not dumb enough to to start grilling these people to the point where it turns them all off and they start having quotes from their lawyer to reporters about how, how mean they are. They don't want that either. They're not right. dumb. Right. So... I think what happened was Tony Busby, frankly, in my opinion, failed to prepare his clients for what they ultimately experienced. Now, did all 22 of them talk? I don't know. But they're at the point now where they're ready to talk to Deshaun Watson. And look, Chris, if they're going to do anything before 2022, the clock is ticking loudly. It's ticking loudly because there's a new procedure now. The league basically indicts a player now, and then there's a separate person, a disciplinary officer, hired and paid by the league and the union who takes it from there and pushes it through to a hearing. And then after a decision is made on discipline, the commissioner has appeal jurisdiction and final say. And at the end of the day, it's still up to whatever the commissioner wants. As long as the disciplinary officer administers any amount of discipline, the commissioner can take it and expand it into whatever he wants. So, for example, for example, the league could say we want him to be suspended for the full year. The disciplinary officer could say, ah, okay, my final ruling is one game. And the commissioner on appeal can say, nah, it's a year. Yeah, right. That's how meaningless this external process is. Unless the disciplinary officer says no discipline at all, the commissioner can take whatever is implemented and make it whatever the commissioner wants with no further appeal rights. But, but to get there, it's not just something you flip a switch with. It takes time. Yeah. The training camps are two months away. It takes time. The season is going to be here before you know it. It's 17 weeks away. So the NFL likes to wait and wait and wait and wait and not make any decisions on these matters until it has to. Well, guess what, Roger? You kind of have to. 
Got we're to. kind of there. Yeah. We're kind of there. You want people in Cleveland to get behind this team, and I still feel bad for Browns fans. They didn't sign on for this right. distraction, right. or 22 of them. So they, they, let's go. Let's figure this out. What more do you need? What more do you need? Well, you got to sit down and talk to Deshaun. Do it and make a decision. Come on. Yeah. Let's go. What else are you doing in May? What else are you doing? Let's get this done. I, I'm, I'm shocked, too, that we're here at this point, this, you know, this close to the finish line, and that some of this hasn't been resolved to a degree, Mike. And I think the other thing that I'm like, I'm truly interested in this one just because, I, I you know, of course, it's Deshaun Watson. And then, of course, you know, a, a, a troubling few years, you know, whether it's true or not, there's definitely some shadiness. Some mm, why did why talking to so many masseuses, anyways? There's some of that there, even if not guilty. And then, of course, the huge contract that we've discussed. I mean, it's just weird. It looks weird. The optics, as we discussed, and when he first signed with the Cleveland Browns, hey, hey, you're you know the biggest. You know, issue in the league right now, basically. He really is. He's the biggest issue in the league. Hey, here's the greatest contract in the history of the NFL. And because of that and how it, the Trevor Bauer with baseball, I just I just wonder, Mike, with this one, do you think owners, the other owners, are going to get involved with this and get in Roger Goodell's ear a little bit? Like, this one's a little bit bigger than maybe the commissioner. This is the whole league. The, the league is going to be viewed at how they handle this by a lot of people. And it's going to be scrutinized. And I just I, I do wonder about that aspect, too. We know owners are pissed off anyways about the contract exactly. and all that crap, too. So this might be another way to, you know, kind of like, well, what the hell are you doing? And they, I, I don't know. I just feel like they might talk to Roger in this one a little bit more than normal. Without getting into any of the facts or allegations of Deflategate, the reality is, because we don't have time to go off the rails again, <laughs> the reality is there's a strong belief, and it's been reported, yeah. the Deflategate thing was rooted in part by a lingering concern right. by owners who are power brokers that the Patriots didn't get what they deserved with the original Spygate seven years earlier yeah so these other motivations can come into play here and when you're the commissioner and when you are herding cats which is what you do when yeah. you are when you are commissioning the entire sport all constituencies bull crap your constituencies are the 32 owners the people who pick you who pay you who decide whether to keep you you have to keep them happy they all are strong-willed they all are successful they all are rich they all are powerful and they're calling you up all the time, complaining about all sorts of things. So if you have been worn out for the past three months by the decision of Jimmy Haslam to give $230 million fully guaranteed on a five-year deal to Deshaun right. Watson, right. and they're pissed off because now we're going to have to do it. We're going to have to pay our quarterbacks 46 48 50 55 60 million fully guaranteed for five years. I'm going to have to put this money in escrow. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. And now I got to do it because Jimmy Haslam did it. I'm not happy, Roger. Hey, Roger, you there? Hey, Roger, I'm not happy about this. Now that, that, you know, we are humans. Our decisions that we make every day are driven by a complex stew of factors. And if you're Roger Goodell and you know you got a certain number of your owners who are pissed off about that contract, yeah, yeah. You're, you're, that's going to seep into your brain when it's time to decide what to do to Deshaun Watson. So, and, and also, Chris, let's not forget, 99% of the employers in this country, and this is not, I'm not saying this is how the NFL should be. I'm just trying to make sure people understand how the world works. 99% of the employers in this country, if you get in trouble away from work, their attitude is, as long as you can show up for work, you have a job. Exactly. It's not my business if you got sued. It's not my business if you are investigated. It's right. not my business if you're prosecuted. It's my business if you can't show up to work at my business. If you can work, fine. Now, look, in some situations, what happens is it makes a local con, you know, it's a big deal and it's scandalous and we got to get rid of this person. And that's when their rights may be violated, frankly. In the NFL, they have embraced the idea that what somebody does away from work is relevant to the NFL because right. it hurts the NFL. It hurts the shield. How can you let this person play football? So it's all, P it's all driven by PR. <clears throat> so these questions you're raising are very relevant. 
what is the NFL's expected reaction if they don't suspend Deshaun Watson? What's mm. the, what do they expect? Oh. What's the focus group say? Oh. Right? What, what, yeah. do we, what, what if we don't? What if we don't? What if we suspend him for a full year? Then what? Then then we're going to have the blowback from the people say, how dare you yeah. suspend a man for a year when he hasn't been prosecuted? Right. And these lawsuits aren't even finished yet. How can you suspend him when these lawsuits aren't even finished? He could win all 22 of them. See, that's why they haven't done anything. Yeah, right. That's, what, what, what do you do here? What, what do you you got to make a decision at some point. And whatever you decide is going to be subject to intense scrutiny. So they're going to try to find a sweet spot. Is there one? I don't know. And then you got the Trevor Bauer two-year suspension, yeah, right. which stretches the rubber band as to how far you potentially go. That's hey, Chris, when that Trevor Bauer thing first hit, my first thought, and, I, and I'll be candid because I'm about football all the time, who is Trevor Bauer? Yeah, gotcha. That was my first thought. Right. Once I figured it out and learned about the case, gotcha. and I saw baseball doing two years with Trevor Bauer, man, all of a sudden I started thinking, you got people, I know there are people in the league office who believe he should not play at all until these cases are yeah, resolved. Yeah, I know. Those voices are not silent. Right. And the commissioner's already taken paid leave off the table as a practical matter. I, I won't be surprised if there are people pushing very, very hard for Deshaun Watson to be suspended for all of 2022. I agree. All I hear of you. it. Every week. And yeah. you know what? I, I Peter King and I said on Friday, there are no real breadcrumbs in the Brown schedule that lead to what – may happen and yeah. mike north one of the executives said we didn't factor deshaun watson's availability into it well it's kind of factored in because if you knew they were going to have him if you knew they were going to have him they'd be in more primetime Definitely. games they'd be in more Definitely. standalone games right. so you did factor it in yes and i look at it and i say the way that schedule is constructed it's consistent with him not playing at all this year it's consistent i'm not saying they know yeah but i'm, I'm not going to be surprised if he gets suspended for the whole year, not I, at all. I, I don't think I am either. You know, I, I don't think I, you know, with, with the times we're in right now, the way it looks, the protecting the shield, the Trevor Bauer, as you talked about, you know, I do think the contract and what the Browns did to him works against him. I, I do. I think it works against him as, as far as within the bylaws of the NFL, the owners, as you discussed all of that. And yes, obviously from that schedule, uh, the, the Browns, they, they're, the Browns are one of the, we've talked about it a hundred million times last year. It's one of the more talented teams in football. Uh, I mean, they, they were, you know, a, a one yard on the one yard line, fumble away from beating the chiefs and going to the ASC championship game two years ago. And so the, they, they obviously were aware of the Deshaun Watson thing, you know, and played it, played it safe there, which, which I don't blame them for, but man, I, I don't know. I just, it's, it's, it's. It's one that I think just with the whole thing and, you know, knowing people in the league and hearing people talk about this at times, it just feels like a lot of people in the league are still disappointed about the Browns' approach to signing him and how all that went down. And then, of course, the way it looks pub pub publicity-wise, man, it, it's not a good look. I, I, I do, I'm with you, Mike. The more I go here, I think it, the more harsh the penalty is going to go for Deshaun Watson when all said and done. I mean, and what happened was those nine criminal complaints result in zero indictments on a Friday, and the land rush began. His camp did a great job of manipulating members of the media to try to whitewash all of it, make it look like everything's fine. Everything's fine. Remember the the, the, the tweet from a yeah. certain insider who has 9.5 million followers that, oh, the, the truth came out. Well, no, it didn't. But you know what? It created the mood. It set the right atmosphere for teams to begin the chase and it became a competition who's going to get him let's go get him falcons panthers saints browns we got to get him get him get him browns get thrown off oh then the browns say well oh, uh oh now, our other now, quarterback's uh, mad we don't uh, have a quarterback now, now we've now we've pissed off baker mayfield what yeah. are we going to do mm -hmm. let's offer deshaun watson a 230 million dollar fully guaranteed contract and then the dust started settling and the dust got kicked up again there was a delayed reaction. People were like, what the hell were the Browns doing? And that's where we are. So, I look, I, I have believed for a while that maybe the NFL will suspend him a preliminary amount yeah, and say maybe we'll do more depending upon how these cases resolve. Mm. I just – I've been saying for – I've been saying for how long now, Chris? 15 months, 14 months, however yeah. long this has been around. You got you to resolve these cases. You, you, you have to find a way to make each of these 22 individuals – Happy with whatever 
the terms are that you would offer. When you file suit against someone for monetary damages, then you are in a different world. You're in a world where justice is bought and paid for. And it's either going to come from a verdict entered by a jury or a settlement negotiated by the parties. And 18 of these were ready to go last year. The Dolphins wanted all 22 settled. This doesn't get discussed the way that it should. 22 cases. Stephen Ross, for all his flaws and faults and issues, and there are a few, he said we're not trading for this guy unless all 22 cases are resolved. 18 were ready to go. There were four holdouts. And Deshaun Watson decided, I'm not settling any unless I can settle all. And you know what? That's when somebody needed to say to Deshaun, hey, Deshaun, these aren't going away. Yeah. Get and the this, 18 out of the way. Let's here. get the 18. Yeah. Let's, let's take 18 of these off the table and right. focus on four. Right. Our life is going to be so much easier if we only have to focus on four. Because if we don't settle these, we're going to have 22 trials. Good luck. When are you going to do 22 trials? People think this is going to be done next offseason. They're not getting any trials done this offseason. You're going to get 22 trials start to finish? In one off season, no ah, way. This ain't this isn't a TV show. Yeah. Well, this is, but I'm I'm saying the sort of the, it's this isn't like the the L.A. Law. I guess it's been long enough that you can play the piano for that too. Where you know the case starts in the first five minutes and they have closing arguments in the last five minutes and then next week they start to another case. No, no, these take time. Twenty two trials is going to take a lot of time. So this is just a hell of a mess. And I don't know what the league is going to do. Well, even with settling. I don't don't know what I would do. I don't know either. I know it really is. It's tough. Even with settling, I mean, you know, I know we've discussed this a little, but I think it's been a while since we have. Is that the, is that the, the, a little fear from the Watson camp? Does that make them feel like they look guilty to a degree? So that gives the NFL a jump off point to go, well, no, see, you are suspended 10 games. You, you kind of settled them and. Whatever, and did that. I mean, is that where they're at in that camp as far as their brain and how to approach this through the NFL? The Dolphins believed he would be suspended six games last year if all 22 If all was settled. settled. Yeah. Now, I don't know what they're basing that on. Right, right. Because the NFL keeps that that hand of cards pressed very close. Yeah. And they don't typically tip it for anyone. So I don't know where that came from. Look, Ben Roethlisberger got suspended six games, reduced to four, based upon two situations. More than a decade ago. Yeah. One, he was sued for rape in Nevada, and the NFL did nothing after that. Two, he had the incident in Millersville, Georgia, in March of 2010 that almost resulted in prosecution. I remember there was a press conference of the prosecutor. We really can't, we can't, we don't know, we we can't prove anything beyond a reasonable doubt. Right. There were no charges. I still believe that Roethlisberger wisely reached us quick and fair and appropriate monetary settlement with the person who was making the allegation. That's how she obtained her justice. It's okay. I know it feels seedy, but if you're going to sue somebody, that's what you ultimately end up with. So if you can resolve it before you go through any of this stuff, there's value in that. But he still got suspended. He was never taken to judgment. He was never arrested. He was never charged. And he still got suspended for two This is 2 times 11. My math skills aren't great anymore, but 22 is 2 times 11. So what do you do? And it's a different age than it was in 2010. And I I, I know that throughout this, and and I know what's going to happen today. I guarantee you, I will get get a text message. Why are you against Deshaun? Why are you speaking against Deshaun? Look, I'm speaking in favor of the truth. I'm speaking in favor of reality. And here's the reality. 22 people have sued him. I've said this before. I don't know what the critical mass is. Yeah. When you get sued one time with this kind of allegation, you say, well, okay, yeah, we, yeah, let yeah, yeah. we don't know. Two sides every story. We don't know. Yeah, There's right. two sides every story. Right, we don't right. know. It could be a misunderstanding. It could right. be somebody who's greedy. It could 100%. be somebody who's disgruntled. 22 we don't know. times. It's one. 22? It's one person. Negative goes Somewhere between one and 22, you get to enough where you say, mm, uh, yeah, you something's know, wrong here. Right. All of these people. All of these people, I, I, it's, it can't be a conspiracy. You can't hold a 22-person conspiracy together. They all didn't come together and say, we're going to go get to Sean Watson. So you got to take that off the table. Yeah. So we're all, all 22 wrong or all 22 greedy, and that's the motivation? They all have that same, I'm going to go get paid by Deshaun Watson, and that's it? 
Maybe. I don't know. But it could be all the above. Yeah. Harder to sell with 22. Yes. When you get to 22, it's that's so much smoke that it's almost impossible to believe there isn't a flicker of flame. And 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 I, I feel like Watson has been caught in an echo chamber of his innocence from his agent to his lawyer to him. And they're in a they're in a silo. It's kind of a microcosm of our broader society and reality. We get in our silos and our truth just ricochets around inside yeah, and nothing right. else gets in. Right. That's why it's so important. And it always was difficult for my clients to understand this, that I would be in court fighting like hell for their side of the case. And then we go back to my office and I'd say, here's why we got to take the offer. Here's what. Well, wait a minute. What about all that stuff you said in court? Well, look, look, Billy. Here's what you got to understand. In court, I got to act a certain way. I'm advocating for you in court. Here, I got to be the person that gets you to understand reality. I can't get so caught up in the subjectivity of the case that right. I lose all sight of objectivity. Yeah, right. I got to be able to tell you how it is. Yeah. And if I can't, who will? And I just can't help but wonder, and I know I'm going to get multiple hostile text messages today, I can't help but wonder whether or not David Mulugeta and Rusty Harden are being straight with this guy or whether or not they've been so caught up in his insistence on his innocence that they're doing him a disservice by not speaking hard truths to him. Yeah, because question. He should have settled the 18. He should have settled all of them last year. When 18 of them were on a tee last October, you, you settle it and you move on. When you get your new deal, you, you move heaven and earth to settle those cases even if you have to pay a premium. Because two months later, nothing good is coming from this. You are subjecting a new team and a new fan base to the baggage of having to defend you. And, and I see it on social media now. The Browns fans have become Deshaun Watson defenders because what other choice do they yeah, have? Right. He's their quarterback right, now. Exactly. And if he's your quarterback, you got to take him with all the warts, and he's got 22 of them yeah. that he's refused to have removed. Right. And and here we are. Yeah. And uh no, he's, uh, you're right. It's hard. I feel bad for Browns fans. Uh, they are they're the most some of the most diehard fans there are and they're yeah, they're stuck in a weird spot and they're okay, it's their quarterback and they're going to try to support him. You're right. I mean, it, you you see it. So I it's just man, it I, I don't know. It's the craziest story as I can remember with anything off the field uh, since I've been following the sport and I just with this how, type how of player. You, wow. How do you not how do you not well, Deshaun Watson is 26 years old. Okay, he's a year older than my son. I, I, I would like to think that that I could reason with someone that age and say, "Here's what you got to understand. Here, here's what happened. Whatever you were doing, okay, you're, you're getting these massages on social media, and 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 this is based upon the Rusty Harden admission from very early in the process that some of these massages became consensual sexual encounters. It's like, look. Look, son, if th- if this is the kind of stuff you were doing, you got to understand that it can lead to the current problem that you have. Yeah, right. And you have 22 different people who are making these accusations. And, and I know that it's scary. And I know that it feels like you have no control over your life and you want to have control over your life. But you're going to feel this way as long as these 22 cases are pending. There's one way to get control over your life, and it's to face the music do the right thing, resolve the cases, take your punishment, and move on. Because otherwise, this thing is going to hover over your life until you do. The sooner you have your reckoning, the sooner you learn your lesson, the sooner you make amends, the sooner you can get on with living the rest of your life. And look at what Deshaun Watson's had to deal with for 14 months. Yeah, it's rough. It is. And 14 months more? Yeah. 28 Man. months more? Yeah. What's the end game here? Right? Where does this end? Does it end in 22 jury verdicts? Does he really think? Does he really think he's going to get 22 different juries to find in his favor in every single case? That seems insane when you say you it. You can't. Right. You cannot. I don't care how strong you think your case is. Anyone who tells you that they know what a jury is going to do is either stupid or lying because nobody knows what a jury of six strangers is going to do when they come together and they hear two diametrically opposed versions of the same event. 
Some are going to believe this person. Some are going to believe that person. You do it 22 times, and it is a coin flip. And you're not going to flip that coin 22 times tails or 22 times heads. It's just not going to happen. No, it's not going to happen. And, you know, Cleveland doesn't know. Deshaun Watson doesn't know. Deshaun Watson's going to the Bahamas this week to work with receivers. He's just going to go on with business as usual. But to your point to what you said earlier, it's, it's kind of screwed up. Hey, you know, they're, they're going there to camaraderie team build. They're going to throw some footballs, get ready for OTAs and that all next week. For, for what? It could be all thrown out the window in a month when they go, oh, you're suspended. Uh, so that's, that's the other reason, you know, you get back to just being fair. NFL needs to make a decision here for all the parties that are involved. I mean, yeah, that's, that's where it's crazy. And Cleveland right now is pursuing this like Deshaun Watson's the starter and going that way. And, yeah, that's not the best for, for their football team. What was your reaction when you saw the report yesterday that he's taking the offense to the Bahamas, except for Baker Mayfield, of course? Well, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I liked it. I mean, I like, I'm always in favor of the quarterback, the team being together, getting to know each other. You know, you get up early in the morning, you do some workouts, you throw some footballs, you know, you have some laughs, you hang out by the pool, do that, whatever. You know, good lunch, good dinner. I mean, that, that is how you build culture to a degree that we talk about. That's where we see the good teams. They have, like, relationships because they hang out and, hey, things are getting tough. All right, well, we know each other. We're, we're all right. Let's get together. We're friends here. We've talked. Let's, let's suck it up, and here we go. You know, that, so I, I like that aspect, and I know Deshaun Watson's a hell of a leader when it comes to stuff like this. Uh, but, yeah, it's just weird. It's weird with all that's around it. And, yeah, he's going to be down in the Bahamas, and people are going to be giving him the side eye a little bit. They're like, damn, don't you have 22 cases here? You're down here in the Bahamas with the team having fun. It just it, it all seems weird and looks weird, you know, to, to the outside public. And I think you're right. In a normal setting, it's encouraging. It's yeah. good. It's positive. It happens all the time. This is how you get yourself properly up to speed with your new teammates right. to set the tone for the season to come, the very long and difficult and arduous and challenging NFL season start to finish. But it comes off as a little tone deaf. Exactly. That's, it does. I know. I know. That was my first thought. Yeah. This is tone deaf. Yeah. Letting this be known, leaking this to someone, like this is a good thing. It's not a good thing with everything else that's happening. Yeah, and it's another you. example of what happens when you allow this cloud to linger. There is value in removing the cloud. And I don't care how much Tony Busby is going to want. Deshaun Watson can afford it now. He's got $230 million coming in over the next five years. He's got all the money he made. Think about all the money he made from the, the Texans yeah. for one season of right. football. Right. He got that big signing bonus. He got paid $10 million last year without playing a single game. And th there are some people who are trying to make the argument, well, he, you know, he's, he's, he's already been punished. He sat out all last year. He didn't sit out all last year as punishment. He sat all, out all last year because he didn't want to play for the Texans, and they wanted to squat on his rights while they waited to trade him. And they were a little too stubborn, and they didn't get the trade done, and they decided we're going to hold it until March, and we'll maybe get what we want then. And bravo, right, right. they finally got they their did. return. Boom. But last year was not punishment by any means. Deshaun Watson decided he wasn't playing for the Texans again before the crap hit the fan. So uh, he was not punished. No, if he I wanted to play last year, he could have. I, I, have I wonder how year. he feels about that now. I do. Because, you know, again, we're, as, as awesome as Deshaun Watson is, I mean, you go one year without playing and you go another year, eight, ten games not playing or maybe the full year, I, I, I don't care who you are. You're not going to come back and be one of the five best quarterbacks in football and just be like, oh, I'm the man. It's just – it's a lot. I mean, he lost practice time. He lost meeting time last year. And he could lose that again. I mean, this is a guy, too, that was still, we know was awesome, but still kind of not in the developmental stage, but still going upwards in, you know, knowledge of the game, quarterback play, everything about it, how to take care of your body, make better decisions. And, you know, you, you're, you lose that. That's, that's the tough thing about football, and especially quarterback, because there's no other way to really emulate it. And uh, that, he will not be worth, you know, $50 million a year if he misses football for another year, and then in 2023 he's playing, I don't expect to see a $50 million a year type of quarterback out there, especially at first or at least half the first half of the season. I guarantee you that there are owners that are hoping that this whole thing blows up on the Browns to I make think it so. easier for them to say, 
look at what happened when the Browns did a five-year fully guaranteed contract. We're not doing it, period. And uh, I, I, I think about how hard it's going to be for Deshaun Watson to perform at a high level when he does play with all these other issues. How do you set all that aside? How do you not press extra you know, yeah, I got I got to go out and prove myself yeah, all right. at once. You, you, one of your criticisms of Deshaun Watson, and it's a fair one. Far too often, he he would act like a normal play was the last play of the Super Bowl. Right. Well, if he was already inclined to do that before, he's going to be doing that all the time now. Yeah. he's going to be wanting to score a hundred points on every play just to reestablish himself. And and you know, if I can't put this behind me in other ways, I can put it behind me with stellar play on the field. He's. I I feel bad for him. I just and maybe maybe he's getting good advice and he's ignoring it. There's two explanations. He's either gotten good advice and he's ignored it, or he's ign- or or he's not getting good advice. Yeah. And 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 I I fear that that an echo chamber has been created around him, and uh, it's it's unfortunate because this isn't good for him. It's not good for the Browns. It's not good for their fans. It's not good. Has the, the feel Although, of a mid-July, late-July decision by the NFL, dump it on the sports media. It has the feel of that uh, that's coming. Like they're going to well, make the decision no, like no. a week or two before training camp. No, no. This is going to be this is going to be something that gets tucked in to that Fourth of July that break, weekend, just like you think the that's Washington. It? Yeah, they're going to find they're going to find the perfect time, and that because they still have to do the hearing, and the commissioner will still have to handle the appeal. So I think that that one of these slow times coming up, and I don't know, maybe they're maybe they're setting it up for Memorial Day Friday next week. Bad news dump that that would seem to be moving pretty quickly when you consider how they've dragged their feet so far. But maybe they meet with them this week and they they basically well, suggest the punishment next week, and then the disciplinary officer takes over from there. Maybe, maybe it's a Memorial Day weekend. Bad I, news. Is it a bad? If up. it's harsh, maybe they're going to do it in the middle of a week and go like just set an example and shine a show too. I, I, I've gone through both examples in my head a little bit, Mike. I just I feel like no matter what they do, they're going to get hammered. For yeah, this. there's going to yeah, be probably right. one faction that is loud, no matter what. It is. I don't know that there is a sweet spot. Yeah, I really right. don't know. That's fair. Unless they find a way. Here's the way to do it. And it still may not work completely. The way to do it is to get him to agree to it without a full-blown in-house a- appeal? litigation. Right. Yeah, yeah, without yeah. a hearing. Yeah. Without an appeal. Hey, hey, Deshaun, we're recommending to you that you accept a 10-game suspension and this is going to be a lot easier for everybody if you just take it, if you just agree to it. This is part of your process of making amends. You've done nothing to make amends. You accept this suspension, and 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 maybe that's the best outcome. Maybe that's the sweet spot if they can do it. I want to say one more thing. They're telling us to take a break. But this gives you an idea of how some of the NFL view controversies like this. I, I noticed this yesterday in Peter King's Football Morning in America column. I made a note to circle back to it. I forgot because yesterday ended up being busier than I thought it would be. But I'm writing something about it today. And it makes me wonder whether or not there really are some folks in the league. And I know of one at least, his name's Jerry Jones, that loves this kind of stuff, even if it's quote-unquote bad for the league. Consider this quote. He says to Peter King, let me tell you a story. A few years after I bought the team, I'm out in Los Angeles having lunch with David Hill and Ed Gorin of Fox. There were a lot of negative headlines about the Cowboys. Michael Irvin was in the headlines. People are saying, the owner's an outlaw. And so that day I told them, I'm tightening the lid on this franchise. We're going to get control of this team. And David Hill jumped up and said, no, don't touch my boys. They are television gold. Don't even think about it. And this is Jones talking. The foibles, the soap operas, the issues. They create interest. Add in the Super Bowl, the combine, free agency, the draft, training camp. We've always got something going. People follow us year round. The owner every now and then gets in the paper. And yes, you do, Jerry. It just adds to the interest. People love that. Think about that quote. Think about that. You know, you could say that some in 345 Park Avenue have probably spent the last 45 minutes thinking, why in the hell is this what these guys are talking about on a Tuesday morning? We got off-season programs. We got others. Surely they, surely, sure. I have a feeling that the in-house program 
at NFL Network didn't spend the first 45 minutes talking about Deshaun Watson. Surely these guys can talk about something else. But I can't help but wonder whether or not there are some people out there, like Jerry Jones, who think any attention continues to be good attention, even if it's being focused on something like this. It's a weird dynamic that is part of this obsession that the NFL has to own the calendar. Even if we're owning the calendar for bad reasons, we still own the calendar, Chris. Yeah, no, I I don't doubt that there's some in, you know, the league circles. And, yes, it's, you know, any news is good news. Uh, I I understand that. But this is one where I don't know if it's that great. I I I'm a, I, yeah. I agree. I know yeah. I agree with you. Yeah, but but Jerry jo- the, yeah, that Jerry Jones quote. Yeah. What the hell? I it's know. all part of it's all part of the reality show. Right. The good, the bad, and everything. It's all part of the reality show, and we love it. We love it. And no matter how bad the allegations are, we we let's go, let's go, because it makes people pay attention to us. Yeah. I, but but this is one where a lot of people I, shake I, their head when the conversation comes up. Oh, I know that. Oh, no matter where I, I am, they oh, I know. Man, they're not. So people aren't looking at that situation, going, "Oh, that's a good thing for the NFL." They're all going. It seems a little weird how everything's gone down here. I'm not going to be. I'm not going to. I need to be very careful how I phrase this. I'm not predicting anything. I'm just saying. He gets a year. I'm not going to be surprised. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not going to be surprised if he doesn't play in 2022. And uh, if there's a candid conversation to be had between the commissioner and Rusty Harden or anybody else at the league office and anyone from Deshaun Watson's camp, at some point, I think somebody's going to say, hey, folks, you had chances to make this go away. You know, we, 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 you're, you're adults. You don't need us to tell you. You should have figured it out. You you should have resolved this. You put us in a position where we had to act, and you're not going to like our action. And you should have not put us in a position where we had to act. All right, I need to act. I need to take a break. we got plenty more PFT Live to come. We'll be back with that right after this. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Simsisms. Schematical-wise. And that's where it's kind of shocking that Leftwich isn't a head coach already because he just go, it's one of my favorite offenses to watch in football, schematical, schematical wise. Um, schematical wise, schematically, <laughs> schematical wise. Too late, can't take wise. it back. <laughs> Hands off the checker. Sim, I don't want to say it because EJ is going to tell me to stop stealing his lines. But Simsism, <laughs> schematical wise, coming soon. I thought we had discussed this. <laughs> well done. Well done, EJ. Way to go, EJ. Sorry, EJ. Sorry, EJ. <laughs> I thought we discussed this. Sorry. Uh, good job. That's a great voice. I need that filter that he uses just like for my usual day-to-day voice. Like I need to put it on my phone. Oh. I need to put it on this microphone. It's just a great voice. It's just like a half click above Darth Vader. I... He just, loves it's it. It's just great. He loves great. it. He loves his job. And he's got a he's got the the cutest little boy who's also uh, in the same grade as my son, and is you know the 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 boy is a chip off the old block, just like EJ. He's creative. He's quick witted, and all this. And he's always. You know, he even comes up to me and is like, oh, we're going to make fun of you on the show tomorrow. I see him at sporting events or whatever. We're, we're, me and dad were in the back of the house working on this. You know, so it's, it's, they, he loves what he does is what I'm saying, and it shows for sure. I can, I can just envision now they're in class, and your son Philip uses a word that he thinks is a real word because dad <laughs> said it at home, uh-huh. and then EJ's son says, Simsism. And, uh, <laughs> right. Right. Seriously. <laughs> All right. Uh, Dennis Allen, head coach of the Saints, yesterday reacting to the tweet from Drew Brees suggesting that maybe he'll come back and play football after it was reported that he's not returning to NBC. Here's Dennis Allen. My wife's the one that told me about it because <laughs> I don't follow social media. So I thought, well, I, that's interesting. That'll, 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 uh, That'll that'll bring up some questions tomorrow at the golf tournament. So, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, but certainly, you know, I, I think it was 
a comment made in jest, and we certainly hadn't had any conversations in that regard. Do you think he could still do it? <laughs> well, I, I don't. I don't really want to live in those hypothetical worlds right now. We'll see. We'll see where it all goes. But, um, but certainly he he uh, uh, he caused a lot of interest. That's for sure. He thinks it was in jest. And look, we don't know. We spent a lot of time yesterday parsing through the tweet, trying to figure out where the joke was. I'm still looking for the joke. And the bottom line is the Saints still do hold his rights. He was under contract for one more year. He dramatically reduced his salary with no quid pro quo. It was a favor to the Saints. He delayed his retirement until after June 1 to reduce the cap hit. It was $11 million and change last year, $11 million and change. This year, if he would come back, they would have him under contract they'd have to decide what to do with him but his salary is only 1.075 million so i i again it's all hypothetical there's no reason to think it's going to happen yeah and uh i i just think as you said i agree with you that he wanted to announce his future plans on his own terms right that was taken from him and he was probably a little pissed off yeah i get it I get it. I, I mean, I, that's, you know, at least that's how I envisioned it. Uh, again, I, I think even there with Dennis Allen, if it was real a little bit, you know, I think the Saints would have some sort of an inkling that, okay, maybe, damn, Drew's reached out. He's, he might want to do this. So I think that's like one thing I just, you know, kind of take away from what we saw from Dennis Allen there. There was there was no, you know, gesture that that had happened or, or, or anything like that. And then, yeah, I, I also, uh, listen, I'm not trying to be a jerk or a hater. I'm just here because I follow the sport and I always think and question and whatever. I mean, he, Dennis Allen wasn't necessarily sitting there going, hey, we'd love to have him back. Bring him back right now. We want it. You know, I, 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 that, I was a little surprised there, too. You know, again, I think they're probably like, wait, we've kind of moved on. We got a different team now. You know, so uh, I, I, I do think it was made in jest. And, and like you said, or we said yesterday, just taking back a little of the power from the media and, and controlling his own narrative. I think it's far more likely that Drew Brees would be interested in returning if Sean Payton was still there. Yes, well, I exactly think that's right. I think it's a big thing. Right. For both yeah, sides. Yes. Yeah. For everybody. For yes. everybody. That's right. We've right. moved on. Right. We've moved on. Yes, right. there's a lot of continuity here, but the Payton Brees era is over. By the way, we talked about Sean Payton yesterday. Let me just say this, because I reported later in the morning that he will be working for Fox yeah. and Studio this year. He'll be back coaching in 2023. I'll be stunned <laughs> if he isn't. You got, he you, will, you somebody he, told you it's a one-year deal with Fox he, he, and you found out? He, he'll be back. Yeah. He'll be back. <laughs> I, I don't know that, but I just I based it on everything that like I've it. heard, yeah. it, it, it would be an upset at this point. You know what? The only way it doesn't happen. Yeah. I believe, I don't know, but I believe the only way it doesn't happen is if there's somebody at 345 Park Avenue that's still got their nose out of joint over the whole bounty thing from 10 years ago and the reaction to that, who decides that they're going to launch a campaign to get the owners who may be inclined to hire Sean Payton. Gosh, well, they should be even. They should shut up with all that crap, like the bounty gate crap. I want to swear, really, when I hear that. You know, whatever. They're even. They screwed the guy over out of a Super Bowl appearance. They're they're even, right? I mean, the 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 worst call in playoff history, as you said yesterday, I believe that was. Yeah, they're they're even. So get over it, the NFL. Sean Payton, the you're not suggesting you're not suggesting that bad call. No, I'm not. I'm just saying the karma of the world worked out. And I'm just making sure you're not. Yeah, no, definitely not suggesting that was a a tactical payback or anything like that. No, but uh, the the sport, as we both agree, is way better when Sean Payton's in it. He adds a chippiness, another team, the the offensive genius he brings to the table. Um, I'm a huge fan. I hope he's not out of the league for more than this year. Hey. Well, and he, 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 hey, two and on, he almost wasn't out this year. Yeah, that, that's no really idea. it, too. That, uh, that tells close, you right. how close it was. It was happening. Was. Yes. It was happening. It was all in place. Yeah. It was all in place. It was all happening. And then enter Brian Flores, and it all blew up. It was happening. Peyton and Brady, not Peyton and Breeze, but Peyton and Brady in Miami. All right, Joe Judge in New England as an assistant. And 
I, this this is just so weird that there's this mystery over who's got what job. And it is weird. Yeah. What does it really add mm. to the strategic advantage of the Patriots? I wonder. To have everyone in the dark about what the coaches are doing. The players know, and the opponents don't care. They're studying the film. Right. They're not studying the coaches. Anyway, here's Joe Judge on his role on the New England staff. I have a feeling he's not going to say all that much about what it really is. Let's have a listen. How closely are you working with Mac Jones compared to players at other positions on offense? Yeah, so I'll give you a direct answer right there, not to be a baseman or anything. Uh, I am working with Mac, along with, you know, some other people in the offense. I'm working with all the skill group on offense. Uh, I'd say all of us are working collectively, all right, as a coaching unit to work with the entire offense. Will you also be calling plays this year, Joe? Is that part of the plan for you? Look, I'll tell you directly and honestly right now, nothing's been declared or decided or voiced to, you know, me. I know Matt's going to be the other one who gets asked or Nick Haley. So, look, right now we're all just working. At, like I said, it's mostly drills and skills. We're working offensively. Now, I do think it's critical for every coach on the offense to understand the game plan and be prepared as a play caller. Yeah, I, look, I, I this whole this whole thing, I, I just don't get it. Steve Belichick. Won't talk about what he's doing. Matt Patricia's involved with the offensive line now. I, it's just it's just bizarre to me. But it's good that Joe Judge is getting an education on yes. the offensive side of the ball. Yes. Uh, the, the, it, 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 look, he's got designs on, on being a head coach again. He doesn't want to be a career assistant coach. Nobody wants to be a career assistant coach. They want to climb the ladder again. And, and so you, you diversify your experience a little bit. Maybe you're better suited for the next time that you're a head coach. I think that's exactly right. Uh, you know, I think that's one of the things you hear sometimes with the special teams head coaches or those guys that are up for it or even you know some of the things I've heard through the grapevine in the NFL with Joe Judd specifically to the Giants. Yes. You know, I think that's why owners are a little reluctant at times to hire the Joe Judge type of coach because there is value in, hey, the head coach walks in the room and he can fix one side of the ball. He's, he's another, whoa, he's a good idea, coach. Damn, actually, coach is the smartest defensive coach here, even though he's the head coach. And when he comes in the room, he can really saw, settle some problems and, you know, add a little creativity to the group. That is is where maybe Joe Judge lacks a little bit. And, yes, this is where I think it is a great move for his next phase of his career uh, for, for him to grow that way so he can be that guy when he does get a chance to be a head coach again. And then the other stuff, Mike, I mean, it is weird. Only in New England could they pull that off. Only That's the only place they could do it. You know, it, it it's, it's Belichick. And, of course, the fact that he can coach every position you know, and then he can coach the coaches on those positions – uh, it makes it allows them to get away with it. That's where it's a little different. I mean, that's where Belichick is genius. He could be the offense coordinator or the defensive coordinator or the special teams coordinator, and they would not miss a beat. So that's where it's special. But it also is weird. Like Mike, you know, I know the NFL is about chain of commands. And to me, when I hear stories of co-offensive coordinators around the NFL or run game, pass game coordinator, I hear a lot of drama when I hear about it a lot of the times. You know, I always hear, you know, one of the coaches, oh, this guy's talking crap about that coach, and that coach wants to talk and wants more of these plays in it, and there's issues there. So that's the only thing I'd throw out there as far as caution to the win, but it is New England and Belichick, so they'll probably still make it work and happen and it'll function properly. I have an idea. Yeah. And it just kind of popped into my head while we were talking about this. I remember after they were shredded on that Saturday night by the Bills yeah. in the divisional round. Right. And I remember thinking – well, you know, other coaches would possibly consider shaking up the staff a little bit, firing some people. But when two of the members of the defensive staff are your kids, number one, you're not firing them. No. And number two, if you fire others and not them, yeah, looks it bad. becomes even more glaring right. that you're engaged in full-on nepotism. So, so, could this deliberate effort on both sides of the ball to confuse everyone on the outside about what who's doing what make it harder for people like us to say whose fault anything is sure. other than it's just Bill Belichick mm. and he ain't getting fired and we don't know who else to blame. Yeah. So we'll just blame him right. and he's fine with it yeah. because he ain't getting fired. Right. Then he doesn't have to worry about well, you know, I probably should fire my kids. No I, matter how hard I try, they're not going to be as good as I, me. Mm -hmm. And I can't fire I can't fire the other assistants and not my kids. Yeah. 
because then, like I said, full blown nepotism. Yeah, this is the this is the risk you take that when you have not just one but two of your kids on the staff on one side of the ball. This is the risk you take. It's harder to hold everyone to the right level of accountability because you're not going to fire your kids. And if you fire somebody else, the first reaction is going to be, oh, yeah, but your kids get to stay. Thanks, Bill. I'm fired, but you're keeping your kids here. Fine. I know how that goes. And then that person's out of the Stepford Patriots bubble, and they start telling everybody how Bill is propping up his kids who aren't nearly as good as him, and he's doing everything he can to will them into being as good as he is. I don't know anything about their abilities. All I know is they're both defensive coaches, and the defense got the – SH-T kicked out of it last year by the Bills in the playoff game the last time we saw the Patriots. That's all I know. I think you're you're on to something a little bit, though, with the the not letting someone on the staff be the fall guy. I think especially on the offensive side of the ball. Because if they go through any struggle or whatever, they go, oh, this is not Josh McDaniels, and this guy here, he's just not as good as him. He's not. A, so now you don't know who to blame. You're right. I, I think there's some logic in that, Mike. It certainly crossed my mind. And then the other thing that crosses my mind, just knowing that group up there a little bit, and, you know, n- nobody is Josh McDaniels. Nobody is, like, the king of either side of the ball there. And, you know, with, with New England, I, I think he, ma- he makes everybody earn everything. He doesn't give a damn who you are. You're going to earn it. You're going to earn the title offensive coordinator. We're going to work together and figure this out. But he just he's I, I think he adds almost competition to the, the coaching there a little bit. They're all looking like, damn, I don't know what I'm doing. I better work hard every day or I might be filling Gatorade bottles. I'm not sure. And that guy might be the offensive coordinator. So I think it adds a little bit of a competitive nature within the coaching staff too to to be on the, you know, the the what do I want to say, P's and Q's. Would he would he push one of his kids out if he thought they just didn't have it, or would he have never let them in in the first place if he believed that they weren't going to show that they can do it? I know I don't think he would do that, and yeah, I, I don't. I, I think all of the above there. One, not many people. I mean, that, that, that's a place where he doesn't fire people very often. If you look really back at Bill Belichick, I mean, it's it's rare to see people actually be let go. He's very good and loyal to the people that work there with him. And he, they work through it and grow as a staff. And he teaches whatever he needs to be t- taught to some of these guys. And, you know, they're in it for the long haul. So, yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, I, I don't think he would, you know, let go got, of his he's kids. Got the, right. He's got the military mindset. You don't fire anybody. You're just relentless until they quit. Well, a little bit, and I don't think he wants to fire anybody because he doesn't want people going anywhere and telling everybody his secrets and everything. I think there's a lot of things that go into play there in New England that are, as we've always said, just more tactical than any other team in football, and it's not even close, and just people don't really realize how far it trickles down the organization and some of these thoughts that he has that are brilliant that have led them to be who they are, and it's just all thought out by Bill and some of his other you know, great football minds that he talks to and and bounces things off of Matt Corral was one of the top prospects in the draft that was still less than three weeks ago feels like a lot longer than that he fell to round three here he is from over the weekend at the Panthers rookie minicamp on whether or not sliding down into round three created a chip on his shoulder here he is a hundred percent I mean I had a chip on my shoulder before but you know, it just got even bigger, and uh, you know, it was for sure a roller coaster. It was a mix, bunch of mixed emotions, and you know, when I got that phone call, I've never, I have never truly, I've never been happy and sad at the same time. I've never felt that before, but you know, you know, it, it, it's definitely a good experience, and I'm glad I went just to experience it. You know, you only get drafted once, and I just wanted to do the full thing with, with my with my family. Yeah, I think. Look, if he would have known he was going to linger until round three, would he have gone? I don't think so, Probably not, but you can't right. take it back at this point. And that's where, you know, the agents will say their most important job for any of their clients who are in the draft pool is to properly gauge their expectations. And the best agents know enough people with the teams that they create a high-low, yeah. a reliable right. high-low. Here's where the window opens. Here's where the window closes. At some point in that range, you will be drafted. The best agents know the answer to that question, Chris. Yeah, no, they usually do. I do think this is a little weird year. I will defend the agents a little there because I, I, I think a lot of teams weren't even sure what the hell was going on. And I think some teams that passed on, you know, I, I, you know, passed on quarterbacks, they were thinking about quarterbacks earlier, and then you know things just fell a certain way. 
But I, I do love this pick for the Carolina Panthers and Matt Corral. You know, Mike, you talk about it all the time with that receiver who goes in the second round or third round or, you know, the quarterback who lasts a little longer, you know, a.k.a. Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, those stories. There is something to that that you do have a chip. And here's the other thing that I do find interesting about when you fall to the third round. You know, we talked about, like, if they took Kenny Pickett, right, at pick number six, I was always raising my hand, whoa, whoa, caution. Because if he gets there, he's picked number six, he's going to be next to Sam Darnold, and the rest of the team's going to go, damn, the sixth pick isn't actually better than, like, physically than the guy we got here, who, like, everybody wants us to replace. That's weird. Now you got a guy in Corral who I know you've heard me say, and you're gonna, I know you're going to trust me, and I'm sure you heard other people say, it, the talent is it, it's, it's phenomenal. I, I, that's where I'm surprised. I know there were some things off the field or whatever, but it's incredibly athletic, quick feet. As you heard me say during the process, the arm is absurdly strong, and his release is, is, is going to be as quick as anybody in football. So th- th- what I'm trying to get to here, Mike, is – I think he's in a really good spot because he's like, now he's, whoa, do you see our third rounder out here? Do you see the guy we got is in third round? He's throwing dimes, and his arm is better than Sam Darnold's. He's got better athlete. And to me, that is only going to help him at the end about, you know, his standing with the football team because maybe expectations are a little lower when you're the 94th pick. I think that's absolutely right, and it becomes easier to develop. It becomes easier to make mistakes, there isn't as much pressure. And the difference between him and Malik Willis, both third-rounders, Malik Willis was the guy who was regarded by the, the masses, yeah, as, the, right. as the, the first quarterback to be taken. So it's more glaring. He's going to draw more attention. It feels like a first-rounder in Tennessee. Right. It doesn't feel like Matt Corral right. is a first-rounder. And Scott Fitter, the GM of the Panthers, made it clear to me last Wednesday on PFTPM that he is uh, willing to put whoever the best option is on the field. Yes, hey. for now it's Ooh. Sam Darnold number yeah. one, but whoever helps them win is going to be the quarterback. The door's open for Cam Newton. Ooh. Didn't close the door on possibly trading for a veteran, but the door's also open for Matt Corral. If he can go out and prove it, he's going to take that job. No doubt. And he fits the system. I mean, Ben McAdoo, where did he cut? He got a job because of one reason. He got to become a head coach of the New York Giants because he was coaching Aaron Rodgers. Right, Rogers Corral. There's again. I'm not trying to say. I'm just saying this. There's a similar skill set there. It's going to be able to, you know, drop back and zoom, 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 and move around and do that. He's going to be capable of doing that. That's where I I look at the pick and go. This this could be something that you know they might strike gold here in Carolina. Uh, We'll see how that plays out. Let's go ahead and take a break. Will Matt Corral be one of the next three quarterbacks revealed? On the Chris Sims Top 40 Quarterback Countdown, there's only one way to find out. You need to tune in. Will Tua be one of them? Find out. Stick around. We'll be right back. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 